I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you tonight. Let's turn to the book of Luke chapter 11. And I'm going to read just one verse of scripture tonight. Luke chapter 11. And uh, we're going to read the very first verse. I've got a lot of ground to try to cover tonight. I really, really don't want this to be stretched into another series. So I'm going to try to cover this ground as quickly as possible. Um, but uh, there are some things that I, I feel tonight and uh, I just, I just cannot seem to get away from this topic of prayer. And we have spent weeks and weeks and weeks dealing with prayer from different perspectives and different angles, and yet I cannot get away from it. And uh, so I'm going to keep teaching on it. One thing, um, and I didn't think about this ahead of time, but just now, came to my mind is that my old pastor used to always tell us that uh, you get what you preach. You get what you preach. And uh, whatever you preach, that's what you're going to see reflected in the church. And so if I preach prayer and preach prayer and preach prayer, it's not going to hurt us. It's not going to hurt us. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's for sure. And if it stirs something in us to improve our prayer lives, and I think that any of us who are honest will admit that we can improve. Uh, if you've reached a place that you think your prayer life is perfect and it doesn't need improvement, you really need to pray. You really need to pray. We all all could use some improvement as I'm about to show you with our text. Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, that is Jesus, when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. I say again, time spent studying the subject of prayer is never wasted time. Never wasted time. Praise God. We're going to talk about this more in just a moment. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down. And uh, let's, let's lift our hands and lift our voices to the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Everybody, let's talk to God. Jesus' name. Let's worship him one more time before we're seated, everybody. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's worship the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I guess... It might seem redundant, but I just I want to take a few moments again tonight and stress to you before I get to the particular area that I want to deal with tonight. I want to just stress to you again how important 
prayer is to us. Now, now let me tell you, the purpose of the church, the purpose, the reason that God saved you, God didn't just save you to keep you out of hell. That was not his ultimate objective in bringing you into the church. Amen. You know, that, that, uh, that may be what draws us. Uh, there may be a fear of eternal judgment that brings us to God, but that should not be what keeps us living for God. For one thing, we ought to fall in love with him. And uh, I've said it many, many times, and I say again, you don't leave what you love. You just don't. And I'm telling you, people that walk away from God or walk away from the truth, it's because they have a love problem. There's a love problem. You don't leave what you love. You just don't. Uh, and, and it seems in this hour, and of course the Bible prophesied that it would come, but we're watching many men who once stood for the truth who are now embracing false doctrine. I want to tell you, they may have had an understanding of it. They, they may have been able to explain it to others. But if they have not embraced it somewhere, they quit loving the truth. Well, praise God. Couples who are in love don't get a divorce. Now, one couple, one, one member of that couple may still be in love, but somebody is not in love. All right? So I'm just telling you that, that what we, what, what's got to happen to us, we've got to fall in love with him, number one. Got to fall in love with him. But he didn't save us just to keep us out of hell, and he didn't save us just for us to love him. But he saved us with a purpose. We have a job to do. We are in the kingdom of God with a specific calling on our lives. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But ye shall receive power, receive power. after that after the, that Holy, the Ghost Holy Ghost. Come now we love this. We love this. Oh yeah, we got power. We get power. We like to shout about the power of the Holy Ghost. But understand, Jesus was talking about a specific power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me. This is the power of which Jesus spoke. He was telling us that when you receive the Holy Ghost, he's giving you the ability to reach out to somebody else. That gets quiet when I get to talking about outreach, but it is the purpose of the church. It really ought to be our focus. Please hear me, saints of God. And I don't know, maybe I may not even get to where I want to go tonight. But anyhow, be that as it may. I just want to tell you, I want you to understand. Our focus ought to be on winning somebody else. Again, at some point, we've got to get beyond, well, I'm just trying to hang on by the skin of my teeth. We've got to get beyond that. That may have been the case in our early years as a new convert. And, and that is usually the case for somebody brand new. But there's got to be a time when we mature beyond just hanging on by the skin of our teeth and hope in every service we get a sermon that's going to help us, prop us up, get us back up on our feet. At some point, we got to learn how to walk. some point we've got to learn how to keep on living for God Amen. and we've got to get our focus off of whether or not I'm going to be saved I'm going to tell you I hope that if you've been in the church any amount of time it's a settled issue with you there is no question I am never turning back I am in this thing to make it all the way. I didn't start out to lose out somewhere on this path. But my mind is made up. My heart is fixed. I'm going to make it. Right. Amen. And, and, you know, that's, 
again, going back, married couples, I, I, I tell them, I tell them, if you want this marriage to succeed, take the word divorce out of your vocabulary. If you want it to succeed, don't throw that around every time you get mad. You need to just make up your mind. We may hit a bump. We may hit a rough spot, but we're going to make it. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want it to succeed. If you don't care if it succeeds, that's another story. But if you want it to succeed, then then that should not be the go-to, end all, uh, final argument uh, when, when the two of you are having some heated fellowship. Well, I'll just leave you. No, no, that, that can't be what you say. You, I'm telling you, you, you need to make up your minds. Just like the story that I heard about um, a woman who told her husband, said, I'm, I'm leaving you, I'm done, I'm leaving you. And she went in and started packing her bags, and she looked around, and he had his suitcase out, and he was packing it. And she said, where are you going? He said, wherever you're going. You're not getting away that easy. We, we said this was till death do us part, and it's going to be till death do us part. We're going to stick together in this thing, all right? We may hit some rough spots. Listen to me, those of you, and especially those of you that are new in the church, why don't you make up your mind right now? There will be rough spots. Living for God is not always a bed of roses. It's not always easy. It's not always a life without problems. You will have difficulty. It's just a fact. But make up your mind now. There is one option that's off the table. I am going to be saved. I am going to be saved. And let me tell you, the battle is won or lost in your mind. If your mind is not set, then the devil will throw enough things at you. But if you make up your mind, you can live for God. You can live for God. Amen. Praise God. Now, but look, God saved us. I, I'm way off the subject. God saved us with a purpose. Our purpose as individuals is to win somebody else. That's why he gave us the Holy Ghost. I've often said there are a lot of things I have to teach new converts. Somebody comes in the church, there's a whole lot of things that they have to learn. A whole lot of things that, that, you know, you just, it's a whole new culture in the kingdom of God. In fact, even in Africa, the teaching that I'm doing over there, sometimes they'll tell me, oh, but, but what you're teaching us, you know, the, the, what we're doing, we're doing this. It may violate scripture, but this is our culture. I said, no, no. When you are born again, you adopt a kingdom culture. You don't look at the culture of your nation. Look, American culture is pathetic today. It really is. I'm not going to try to live based on what American culture is. I'm going to live by the kingdom culture because that doesn't change. God is not surprised that we're in 2018. And if, if this world exists till 3018, he's not going to be surprised by that either. I don't believe it will, but if it did, I'm just telling you, God's not shocked. And everything he put in this book, he put it there because it's a part of the kingdom culture. So, so nations can rise and fall and, uh, and, and ideologies can, can come and go, but the kingdom culture remains the same. And one of the things that we've got to do within the kingdom is understand we are brought into this kingdom with the purpose of trying to reach someone else. That's why we're here. That's the purpose of the individual. Win somebody. Reach somebody. Can I say it again? Outreach is not just what we call on Saturdays at 1 o'clock. Outreach is your life. It's your life. When you're in the restaurant, outreach. 
When you're at the grocery store, outreach. When you're on the job, outreach. When you're at school, outreach. Everything, everything. What was it Brother Myers said to us? Everybody, everywhere, all the time. Let's never forget that. Let's never forget that. That's the way we've got to see outreach. Everybody, everywhere, all the time. That's our purpose. But let me tell you, the purpose of this place, the purpose of this place is prayer. Jesus said in, uh, in Matthew 21 and, and verse 13, And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Jesus said, the scriptures have declared that the purpose for my house is it's a place of prayer. Now, look, that doesn't mean that we can only pray in this building. But I'm just trying to show you that the Lord wants us to get a grasp of how important prayer is to the church. Now look, I want us worshiping, I want us praising when we come to church. There's going to be preaching when we come to church. But can I tell you, we cannot neglect the main purpose for the church. And your worship is going to be a lot more heartfelt and your praise is going to be a lot more joyous and the preaching is going to be a lot more effective if we make this a place of prayer hallelujah praise God and so I'm just I know these are things that we've you know we should know but I just felt so strongly this evening that I need to go back and touch on some things and just remind you again I don't care I really don't care how many weeks I teach on different aspects of prayer it doesn't matter to me. However many weeks the Lord keeps putting this on my heart, you're going to keep hearing about it. And I hope you don't get tired of hearing about it. I'm just telling you, we've got to get this, church. We gotta, we've got to get a hold of this. Our purpose is outreach, but listen to me. Our outreach is going to be a whole lot more effective if it's backed up with prayer. Oh, Hallelujah. Our outreach is going to be more effective if it's, if it's backed up with prayer. Psalm 126, verse 6. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his uh, sheaves with him. Yeah, he that goeth forth and, uh, and weepeth. That weeping, when we go forth, that weeping, amen, it is the sign of, it is the result of a deep time of prayer with God where we really care about those around us. Church, do we really believe, do we really believe that you got to be born again to go to heaven? Do we really believe that if you're not born again, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God? Do we really believe that? If we do, then we've got to get a fresh vision of everybody we come in contact with. If they're not born again, they are our mission field. And I'm telling you, that kind of vision ought to drive you to your knees. Because what's going to happen is you're going to look at us and you're going to look at them and you're going to say, God, this job is too big for us to do. I can't get it done. There's no way we can get it done. You're going to have to help us. You're going to have to prepare some hearts. And you're going to have to start working on some folks. You're going to have to do what we cannot do. But listen to me. God will only step in and do what we cannot as long as we are doing what we can. We can't just sit back and say, God, send them, God, send them, God, send them. We got to get out there and plant the seed. Listen, it would be just as ridiculous for a farmer to just go into his house and get on his knees in a barren field and say, Lord, I want to reap a harvest out of that field. Give me corn. Give me corn, Lord. Give me some corn in my field. How much corn do you think he's going to raise? Not any, right? And so we can't just come to church and say, Lord, send them, Lord, send them, Lord, send them. 
we got to get out there and do something about it. we got to plant some seeds. Now, if we'll plant the seed, Paul said one plants and another waters. But here's what he promised us. God gives the increase. He didn't say God might give it. He said God giveth the increase. It's a definite. It's a promise. It is an assured guarantee. If we'll plant and we'll water, God will. God will give the increase. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So, so our outreach is going to be much more effective uh, if we will pray. Isaiah 66 and 8. Who hath heard such a thing? Who hath seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. For as soon as Zion travailed, travailed. When Zion travailed, that's when the children were born. Listen to me, church. Hear me. And I, I really didn't intend on this to be a lesson on outreach. Um, but, but be it as it may. Let me just tell you something. Thank God for every moment you spent inviting people to God's house. Thank God for every phone call you made. Thank God for every door you knocked. Thank God for every flyer you handed out. Thank God for every church card you distributed. Thank God for all of that. But I'm going to tell you, we can't stop now. I don't know what the attendance was. Brother Josh said he counted twice, and he came up with 90. Uh, somebody else told me that they counted and came up with 95. I, I don't know. I have no idea what the number was. I don't really, I'm not that concerned about what the number was. This much I know, every pew had somebody on it. And there weren't that many empty spots in here. But I'm going to tell you, we can't sit back and just say thank God for a good Easter. We got to do something about what God did for us this past Sunday. We now's the time we really need to start putting our shoulder to the plow. Oh, hallelujah. Now's the time. Do you remember me teaching you about the springing up of that sprout? And when you see that sprout, that's your little bit of hope. There's a crop coming. I'm going to tell you what we saw. We saw a whole lot of sprouts around here on Sunday morning. But we got to get some hope, church. we got to understand God will do it if we'll do our part. Listen, the same God that got them here on Easter Sunday can get them here on the Sunday after Easter and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that and the Sunday after that if we'll get out there and do our part. Amen. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, this is taking a turn I didn't intend, but anyhow, we, we, we need to understand. I've, I've seen it happen too many times through the years where we work, 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 work towards Easter Sunday or towards Christmas. I mean, we push and we push and we push, and then once it's over, we sigh a collective sigh of relief and then just sit back. And think we can coast, and we can't. I'm telling you, while the momentum is, is getting started right now, we ought to be hitting it harder than we've ever hit it. Right now, in fact, I don't know who got the visitor cards, but, but listen, let me tell you what we really need to do. We need to, we need to take every one of those names and put them on a list. And distribute that list, and every one of us ought to be taking every name before the throne of grace when we go to God in prayer. One thing I know for a surety, those who came felt something. That, look, we, there, there's no way they're going to deny that the presence of God was in this place this past Sunday. They can't deny that they felt something in this house. And I'm going to tell you, if we'll pray, if we'll pray, if we'll pray, what they felt in this house will continue to work on them. There'll be times in the middle of the night, God can wake them up and say, you remember what you felt? You want that again. You remember what you felt? That's just a touch of what I want to give you. I'm telling you, if we'll pray, if we'll pray, if we'll pray. Oh, I feel this tonight. Let's not forget about it. Let's not just get back and think we can throw it in neutral now and everything's going to be all right and God's just going to fill this place up. God wants to fill this place up. 
You hear me? Maybe one of these nights I'll come along and I'll preach on it and I'll prove it to you what, what I'm saying. But I'm just going to throw this out there and you can study it for yourself. But I'm going to tell you something. God likes for things to be full. He likes for things to be full. He likes for things to be full. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have to come back and teach on that sometime and prove to you what I say. But I have taught on it in the past, and I know whereof I speak. God likes when things are full. God wants us full of the Holy Ghost. Not just having a little bit. He wants us full of the Holy Ghost. He sent somebody out. He sent out invitations to a great feast and they didn't come. And he sent his servants to go out there and find them. Go out there and bring them in. And they brought them in. But he said, this is not enough. Go back out there into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Why? That my house may be full. It's good that we've got a crowd. It's good that we've got some people here that are hungry but it's not good enough. I want you to keep on working. I want you to keep on reaching out. I want you to keep on doing everything you can do until my house is full. Oh hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just telling you, church, I thank God. I, I, I'm not in any way trying to downplay the, the, the hours, the time that you spent. I'm very, very appreciative and very thankful that you took this seriously. But I'm just telling you, we can't stop with that. We really need to be getting a hold of heaven right now. We really, while it's fresh on their minds and fresh on their hearts, we need to be doing everything we can to ask God to stir them up again and again and again and again and again. In fact, God, I want you to put such a hook in their jaw You know what it's like? You, you ever been out there fishing? And you, you catch a really nice, really nice fish, and he'll fight and fight and fight and fight. But if you do things right, you handle it properly, you got the right kind of line on there, heavy enough to hold him, you just don't give up. Right. You may get tired. But I'm going to tell you, eventually that fish is going to get tired. And eventually that fish is going to let you just go ahead and reel him in. It may be just a little bit at a time, but they'll just keep getting closer and closer. They'll start pulling away, but you just give them a little bit of, give them a little bit of line, give them a little bit of line, and then pull it back. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm telling you, church. I'm telling you, there are some people that this Sunday, God put a hook in their jaw. God put the hook in their jaw. Oh, hey, 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 Jesus said, I'm going to follow me. He said, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Oh, hallelujah. I don't believe, I don't believe that Jesus was just trying to show off when he told Peter, let down your net on the other side. And he did. Caught so many it was about to break. I don't think Jesus was just trying to show off what he could do. He was making a point. You follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And I'm going to tell you something, Peter. If you'll do it, and you'll do it when I tell you, the way I tell you, you're going to bring in more than you can handle. Oh, somebody. I hope somebody's feeling what I'm feeling right now. I'm still talking about prayer. I had not got off the subject of prayer. We're still talking about prayer. But I'm just telling you there's something about it. We got to understand. We got to understand. Our purpose is outreach. The purpose of the church is prayer. Those two have got to go hand in hand. 
We can't pray without reaching out, but we shouldn't be reaching out without prayer. Oh, praise God. Amen. If we'll get together, church, listen to me. Listen to me tonight. If we'll get together, if we'll come together, and we'll really start praying, and we'll start working, we'll start doing I'm telling you, what we saw Sunday was the start of something really big around here. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you tonight, you hear me, you hear me, I'm going to tell you tonight that what we saw Sunday is going to be our Tuesday night crowd. Wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not big enough. What we saw Sunday is going to be our Thursday night prayer meeting crowd. Now you doubt it if you want to doubt it, but I'm going to stand firm on this. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to believe it with every fiber of my being. I believe God has started something around here, and if we'll get on board with it, and we will really work it, we'll pray and pray and pray and get out there and reach and reach and reach. There are times when the fish are biting and there are times when they're not. And that's why I've never made a very good fisherman because I'm telling you those times when they're not, I'd just soon pack it up and go home. I'm not one of those that finds it relaxing to just sit there with a fishing pole and just try to get my hook wet. I'm, I'm just not one of those folks. If they're not biting, let's go home. If I'm not going to see some action, I want to go home. That's why I never made a good deer hunter in Texas. And they're setting up in those stands and got 15 books to read and all this other stuff. Look, if I'm going to read a book, I want to do it in my recliner. I'm not sitting up there getting there at 2 o'clock in the morning and freezing myself to death, waiting around till something happens. I'm just not interested. Take me to a place where they're running 15 and 20. I'm running in front of me, and I, have, I can just pick which one I want to shoot. I'm ready to hunt with you. I want to get in one of those places that I've seen. I've seen the pictures, you know, where you're just you're in your boat, and you're riding down the river, and they're just jumping in the boat. That's the kind of fishing I like to do. Here, fishy, fishy. <laughs> Praise God. That's what I like to see. That's, 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 I, I want that kind of action. I, I'm not interested just sitting out there and doing nothing. I want to know we're accomplishing something. But I'm just telling you, there are times when the fish are biting and there are times when they're not biting. And you hear me tonight, they're biting right now. Well, I wish more of you believed that. They're biting right now. Right now, there's something going on in the spirit. Listen, the services we've been having, the glory of God that's been meeting us around here, it's not an accident, and it's not just for our pleasure. It's not just so we can go home and feel good or talk to one another and talk about what good services we I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is trying to get a message through to New Life Pentecostal Church. I'm doing something around here. I'm doing something around here. Children of Israel had to learn that when the cloud was moving, it was time to move. If they tried to move when the cloud wasn't moving, they're in trouble. If they lagged behind after the cloud moved, they're in trouble. They just had to learn. When that cloud moves, that's time for us to move. And I'm telling you, the cloud's moving right now, church. The cloud is moving right now. Let's not wait around and wake up one day and start reminiscing of how good it used to be. Let's recognize that the glory cloud is on the move and let's get on the move with it. Let's recognize. Lord Jesus. Why did I put together eight pages of notes? Uh, you know, Peter, Peter comes to the Lord and he says, 
He says, Lord, they're, they're after us here. You know, they're telling us it's time to pay our taxes. What, a, what an appropriate illustration to use right now, right? They're telling us we've got to pay our taxes. And Lord, we don't have any money. Another very appropriate illustration. Um, Lord, we don't have any money. And what are we going to do? And Jesus said, I'll tell you what to do. Go down there and catch a fish. Go down there and catch a fish. And Peter went down. And lo and behold, he caught a fish. Now look, if I told you right now to go down somewhere and catch a fish, are you going to be able to do it just because I told you to do it? Are, are, are you going to be able just to walk down there and throw your hook in the water and all of a sudden you're going to reel in a fish? And not just any fish. The one fish that he needed to catch. Not every fish in that river had money in its mouth. But that one did. Now, how did that happen? Was that a coincidence? Was that an accident? Did that fish just choose to swim by at that moment? And, and, and Peter was just lucky enough to be there at the right place at the right... No, no, no. That's not the way it worked, and you know it. I'm telling you, somehow the God of this universe got in that little fish's brain and told him exactly where to go and made him hungry for that particular lure. Now, the principle is this. Follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm telling you that God is already creating an appetite. If Peter had refused to go at that moment, if Peter had not done it when the Lord told him to do it, that fish would have been gone. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me tonight? Look, I'm not up here trying to give you fishing lessons tonight. I'm trying to talk to you about the work of God. we got to understand right now God's putting a hunger in some people's hearts. Right now God is stirring up a desire in the spirit of individuals. I know you invited them. I'm thankful you invited them. But how many times have you invited people in the past and they didn't come? You want to know why they did this time? Because God drew them. No man can come to him except the Spirit draws him. And I'm telling you, God's drawing right now. God is working right now. Get the tackle box out. Get the tackle box out. Are you hearing me? Get the tackle box out. Get down there where the fish are. Jesus didn't say, now Peter, you sit right here on the couch and that thing's going to just somehow make its way over here to you. You just, you just, no. No, no, no. You, you get down there where the fish is and I'll, you go do your part and I'll direct the fish to you. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us tonight. I'm telling you, church, this is, this is why I'm still on prayer. we got to get down to business in our prayer lives. we got to get in tune with the Holy Ghost. we got to get to the place that the Spirit can just give us a gentle little nudge. How was it that he spoke to Elijah? It wasn't in the whirlwind, and it wasn't in the fire, and it wasn't in the earthquake, but it was a still, small voice. But listen, we got so many voices. We've got so many things vying for our attention. Somehow, we're going to have to spend enough time in prayer that when that voice speaks, it stands out from all the rest. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God knows how. God knows how to direct our paths. One of the pastors that I'm working with right now in Africa, we were just at an airport, and, uh, and, and I, I had, we were sitting in the, in the gate area uh, waiting for them to start boarding, and and all of a sudden, I just got thirsty, and I got up and walked out of the gate area and went and got something to drink. And as I was walking back, a man stood up and stopped me. I just dressed casually. I, 
you know, I didn't have any big signs on me. I wasn't carrying, I didn't have a tag on my front pocket saying bishop or anything. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't any of that. I just, I just dressed casually and I just walked in and this man stood up and he looked at me and he said, are you, are you a preacher? Yes, sir, I am. And we began to talk, and God started a process right there. We ended up baptizing him and several of his pastors in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, God knows how to just put us at the right place at the right time. We just got to learn to follow those little. Sometimes we, we wrestle with it. Sometimes we argue with it. Sometimes we, we, we say, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to. But, but if we'll spend enough time in prayer, we'll, we'll get to where we recognize that voice. I'm not going to get to my notes, so I'm not even going to try. But listen to me. You know, it, it's an amazing thing. There are some people, there are some people that can call me. And I'll, you know, thank God for caller ID, but people change their phone numbers. And, and then I get a phone call, and somebody's talking to me, and they're just talking away. And, and you hate to do it, but there's been a few times that I've had to say, um, who is this? I don't talk to them enough to recognize their voice. But I can promise you caller ID or no caller ID. If that pretty little lady right over there calls me, I'm going to know who that is. I don't have to ask. You know why? Because I spend enough time talking to her. I recognize her voice. That's how you recognize somebody's voice. You listen to it enough. Right? You hear it enough, then you start recognizing it. And I'm telling you, this is what we got to do. We get into prayer. We get into prayer. We get into prayer. We let God talk to us. And eventually, we start recognizing when it's his voice. Well, praise God. And then we let him lead us. And we let him guide us. Please hear me, church. I believe that the greatest opportunity that we have had presented to us in the 22 years that I've been here, I believe that that opportunity is staring us in the face right now. That's not hype. I'm telling you what I truly believe. But we've got to take advantage of this opportunity. We can't just sit back and say God's going to do it. God will do the things we can't, but he's waiting on us to do the things that we can. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I hope, that I'm, I hope that I'm getting a hold of somebody's heart tonight. I hope that somebody really wants to see this bad enough that you're going to start doing some things. You're going to start following after that voice. You're going to hear it. Amen. That still small voice. And you're going to say, oh, I recognize that voice. I know who that is. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll go. I'll go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Do we really want to see God do what he said he was going to do? God's going to keep his promises. He's faithful. He's going to keep his promises. The question is whether or not you and I are going to be a part of those promises. That's the question. God's going to keep his promise. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you, if we'll get a hold of this, we can not only see it, we can be a part of it. Go over to John chapter 2. I, I'm, this is, Lord have mercy. Um, John chapter 2. It seems like I, I don't know if I used this the other day when I was preaching somewhere else or if it was right here, but if it was here, evidently you need to hear it again. John chapter 2. This is the story of the first miracle the Lord performed in his earthly ministry. His first miracle, the wedding at Cana of Galilee. And what a miracle it was that he would turn water into wine. Now, when I taught on communion, I explained to you that the Greek word 
that is translated wine was the same word that was used, whether it was alcoholic or non-alcoholic. And that's an absolute fact. And any, anyone who knows Greek knows that. There was no term grape juice uh, in Bible days. The, the, the fruit of the vine was called wine, whether it was fermented or not. That's another story for another day. But Jesus changed the composition of this water. And, and he turned it into wine. All right? What a miracle that is. That, that's not, that's, that, that is so far beyond just healing a withered hand. Because the withered hand that's healed, you know, the, the tendons, the bones, whatever, may be straightened out, but they were there already. But when he turned water into wine, he changed the chemical makeup of what was there. That was a miracle. But do you know that most of the people that were at that wedding evidently didn't even know a miracle had taken place. Did you realize that? They didn't know a miracle had taken place. They're enjoying the benefit of the miracle, but they didn't know there was a miracle. They didn't know that those water pots had been filled with water. Let me prove it to you. John chapter 2. Verse number 9. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not he knew not it was whence it was, but the servants, but which, drew the servants the water knew. which drew the water knew. Now look, this is this is simple. The servants knew it was a miracle. Why did they know it? Because they had to draw the water. There weren't spigots. And water hoses. Right. No faucet to go put these water pots under. And, um, you know, most people in those days didn't have a well of their own. So these servants had to make a trip from the wedding site to wherever the well was. And they couldn't carry these water pots that, that held uh, somewhere around 30 gallons of water. They're not carrying 30 gallons of water back from the well. They're having to carry it in buckets. And they're having to make several trips. So I'm telling you, they knew what they'd put in those water pots. You hearing me? They did the work. And when they bear it to the governor of the feast, and he said, this is the best wine I've ever tasted, they knew there'd been a miracle. And the fact of the matter is, there's a whole lot of folks that come to church and never really understand the glory that we're feeling, the power that we're experiencing. They're tasting the wine and say, man, it's really good. But there's a few folks that when they feel it, they know. We didn't get here accidentally. This didn't just happen by chance. God, you heard me when I was up in the middle of the night. God, you saw the tears that were dripping off of my cheeks. God, you heard me in those early morning prayer meetings. Lord, you were listening to my voice. And that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Somebody's been bearing some water. Somebody's been making some trips from the well to the water pot. And the reason why we had such a good crowd Sunday is not just because all of a sudden a bunch of people woke up and said, I'm coming to new life. But it's because of two things. Number one, you made the trip. You extended the invitation. But number two, because God put it in their hearts and drew them to Well, hallelujah. We got to get in partnership with the Lord. 
we've got to get to a place. Amen. We're doing our part, and then we know he will do his. Is anybody ready to see it happen? Is anybody really hungry to see? Us sending men downstairs and bringing up chairs for our Sunday night service. Anybody ready to see that? Is anybody ready to start construction on a new building? Anybody ready, amen, for us to start planning even more daughter works? Is anybody ready to see God really shake this metropolitan area? I don't know if anybody else is, but I am. And I think there's a few more out there that are. I think I'm hearing some response from some of you tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, church. Amen. Let's make this a house of prayer. But let's get out there to where the fish are. Let's do our part and watch God do his. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Oh, let's stand tonight. Let's stand tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and talk to the Lord for a few moments. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. Oh, that's it. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. Come on, let's make ourselves available to him. Let's renew our commitments to him. Everybody, everywhere, all the time. Lord, we're not going to let this opportunity slip through our fingers. We're not going to wake up one morning and wish we had done something else. We're going to stand on your promise and we're going to give it our best. I believe the door is open to us. I believe the door is open to us. And I want to walk through it. Come on, let's reach out to him right now, everybody. Let's reach out to him.